Welcome to the Happiest Ever After podcast. I'm your host, Tatiana Robertson. And yes, you heard right, happy-ish. Because this podcast is not about chasing the fairy tale. We've seen behind the curtain and most of us are ready to hop off the hamster wheel of perfection. If you have ever wondered, is there more? How did I get here? Who am I? Then this podcast is for you. The fairy tale may not be real, but that's the good news. Life is so much more than that. Every week, I'll have a different guest on and we will talk about everything from dealing with the inner critic to challenging relationships to dealing with trauma. You can expect not just inspiration, but tools that you can use because life is an amazing adventure and it's time for you to pick up the pen and write your own story. So click the follow button so you don't miss an episode and let's see where this journey takes us. I am so excited today to have Namisha Mehta, and she is an abundance coach and just a powerful soul in this teeny tiny little package. <laughs> I think you have every ounce of compassion and empathy and beauty and power in this, this beautiful life form. I have, adore you and you know that. I hope you know that. Anyway, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. And I'd really like you to introduce yourself to the listeners and tell us a little bit about who you are and where you where you come from so that they can all fall in love with you as much as I do. Oh, thank you, Tatiana, for that beautiful intro. And I feel like I've known you a very long time, which is a great sign because that means that my soul recognizes yours. And oh. you have been such a beautiful, amazing light in my life, supporting me. And every time I've spoken to you, I feel this strength that you give me, this support, oh. this, you know, you lift me up. And I think that's so wonderful for people to do for each other. So thank you for being that. And I believe you do this for everybody. So I don't think it's just me, but thank you, Tatiana, for being you. You truly are one of the rarest souls that does that for everybody, not just for people that are close to you. So thank you. And I am honored to be on your show because this is a wonderful place where you share your light and you also help the guests shine our light. So thank you for doing that. And yes, I'm so excited to be here. And I I was born in Tanzania in East Africa. It's a small town. It's uh, called Moshi at the foot of the Kilimanjaro. When I was growing up in the 90s, it was pretty basic the way we grew up. I would I compare it to Gilmore Girls because it's very small towny <laughs> and there's a lot of that gossipy stuff going on and everybody knows everybody. So I grew up in a place like that. The upside was that we had a really pure childhood. We did not, you know, in Africa, we had people of all colors grow up together and all cultures grow up together in this small little tiny town. And we did not realize that there were differences between us because we were so sheltered from the world. And in the 90s, you didn't have the kind of technology that we have today. We weren't really in touch with the world as much as we are today. So I truly find myself grateful to grow up like that. But also there were downsides, which were I grew up in a society which was very 
concerned with what other people thought. And whenever you bring other people into the mix, you'll always end up doing things that you may not want to do. And so that's the kind of culture that I've also grown up with. So there's upsides and there's uh, downsides in how I grew up. But then we moved to Toronto and I've been living in Toronto for about 20 years. And now I'm in Jersey City in New Jersey. So it's been quite a journey from and I and I did go to high school in England. So it's been quite a journey for me going place to place. So I can't even tell you where I'm from at this point because I have bits and pieces from everywhere. So, yeah, that's a little bit about my history and where I come from. A true global citizen. And I think I I wasn't a global citizen to the level that you were, but I can relate because I had exposure to different cultures. I, you know, growing up, moved a lot, lived on uh, First Nations Reserve, lived with a Roman Catholic family when I was young, then ended up going to a Mennonite boarding school and exposure to all of these different cultures. And when you're young, when you're presented with the world, you just accept that that's the way it is. Feels normal. A potlatch feels normal. Things that you adopt, they're beautiful because you just accept them as being. You don't think of them as being different when you're young. But that also goes for the less positive side too. And I know that we've talked about that, how you just internalize and accept that, oh, it's the way that the world is, that we should all care about what other people say, about living up to expectations of our family. I see you nodding. And I know that we've talked a bit about this and how we internalize that. And sometimes the story that we tell ourselves because we've just adopted it as being fact can also be harmful to our progress when we get older. Do you want to share some of those and how they formed some of your belief system? Yes, I completely agree with you. And everything you said resonates. It's a pro and con and you do have. And by the way, I didn't, again, what you said so resonated with me. Even the cons were normal. They were just part of our lives. So we thought that the cons were normal. For example, I thought it was normal for me to feel shy about showing parts of my body because, you know, when you have those towns uh, sort of meetings and you have those heads of the community and stuff. So my dad was one of them. There was a big deal about being that, you know, the, the status that that comes with. So you are the daughter of that man. And so there's a dignity that comes with that. And I feel that sometimes that dignity is a little too sort of catered to everybody around you and not to your own family and children. And that becomes a burden for your kids. So I was for the longest time under the impression that if I wore shorts, I would be considered the bad girl, you know, the girl that that doesn't have a good character. And Tatiana, I sometimes feel it's funny for me to even experience this, but I started wearing shorts last year. I'm wow. 40 years old. Yeah, I'm 40 years old. And I just, and my dad is not with me anymore. I don't live with him anymore. He does not have a say in what I wear, but it was so embedded in my head 
that showing parts of my body would be considered bad for me. And I never judge other people. I actually am very happy for other people, but it's for me. And so I changed that about myself. And I said, wait, this belief, how much does it serve me? And is it even mine? So those are the things that come into your life. You're carrying other people's beliefs as burdens because what will other people say? What will people think of you? Or if you're outspoken, what will people think or say? Or if you decide to talk, even coaching, you know, if you decide to reveal your spiritual, the woo-woo, I hate that word. I'm not a big fan of that. (laughs) If you decide to let people know that you're spiritual, what are people going to say? Are they going to say things about the fact that you know, you're a hypocrite or you're a fake or you can't, you have to be a certain type of spiritual. It's all in our heads because it's passed down to us. So those are the downsides that I think come with family as well as your culture and your community that pass that down to you. And so many, you have to be married by a certain age. You have to have a child. I mean, I don't have any children. I'm 40 and I don't plan to. And that is a big deal. You're a woman. You should, what kind of a woman are you if you don't want children? I'm a woman. I don't want any. It's fine. I choose not to. I would have chosen earlier too, but I had some health issues. And so now that I'm 40, I don't want to at this age. I just want to enjoy my life because I didn't get a chance to earlier. I had a lot of issues that I had to deal with at that time. So for me to choose that is a big deal in my community is to say, well, every other person will ask you, so when are you having a kid? without even realizing you may not want a kid, you may not be able to have a kid. These are triggers, but the society doesn't care because this is the norm. We get married, we have children, we don't wear shorts. (laughs) Only bad girls do certain things. You're not a bad girl, don't do that. So those kinds of things. It's amazing Going, going back to the shorts issue. We can't always logic our way out of our beliefs because we don't even really realize it. Like you said, you didn't have any judgment for anyone else, but it didn't feel comfortable for you to do that. It's amazing how that can settle in at such a young age because you said you went to high school in England. Well, I lived in England for a while and I can tell you lots of girls wore shorts, right? So even though you were surrounded by it, even though you felt like no judgment, like it's okay for other people, you still couldn't for yourself. And I think that is the perfect example of how limiting beliefs form in our family of origin, the limiting belief of what is dignified, what is proper. You can you can be in a bathing suit and be dignified. Dignity is something that does not come from the clothes that you wear, right? It's It comes from somewhere else and about values of self and respect and love of self. I can see you nodding. And I know that when it comes to limiting beliefs and because you're an abundance coach, so of course, (laughs) this is your area of expertise. Maybe like you've just given us such perfect examples of your own experience. So how big was it for you when you were able to start recognizing that the beliefs that you had didn't fit with how you actually viewed the world. Like, When did that happen? And how did you end up in abundance coaching? 
Thank you. Yes, you're right. Sometimes, A, you have no idea why you do certain things. And by the way, I didn't even know this was connected to my dad. This shorts, not being able to wear shorts or, you know, backless tops or whatever it is that I felt was too revealing to, again, see too, the word too, too much. That's the thing. I'm too sensitive. I'm too much. This is too much. That word T-O-O, it's a very simple word, but that is what defines certain limiting beliefs for us is that this is too much. And we don't even do that for others. We only do that for the person in the mirror, which is sad because that's the person we should be loving the most. Yeah. We start with loving I have to start with loving me and then I can love you. I can't just keep loving you and not love me. That's really distorted. And it will end up in me feeling the way I felt. So what happened was I had a lot of, at the age of 27, I got diagnosed with uh, a health issue, which also went on to me being in disability, you know, eventually. And I had a good 10 or 15 years of of health issues that I couldn't work or start a career or, and the online thing wasn't as popular as it is today. So I just became this person that was just flowing with whatever was in my life. And by flowing, I don't mean the good flow. I mean the, this is, it is what it is type of flow, which is I wasn't born to be this person. I wasn't born to be going with the flow in a disempowered way. And that's what I did for years. And I became codependent on other people. I became uh, things like, now I I don't mean these as labels, but I'm going to use them just to, to describe what it feels like. But the people pleasing, you know, I, I was more concerned about what other people felt around me, what other people could give me. And so I always ignored a lot of the the red flags or the people that were not very positive around me. And I wanted to keep them because I was so desperate for that kind of love in my life. Because when you don't have self-love, you seek that outside validation. And so I think a lot of people will relate to this is that when you have a career, I'm not saying it's a be all and end all, but it's one part of abundance Mm -hmm. when you are able to do that for yourself. So that independence is one part. Now I'm saying one part of abundance because health is another part of abundance. How do you feel about your health and how do you take care of yourself? And then another part of abundance is what type of people do you surround yourself with? Family, friends, and the empowering sort of light that you have around you and inside of you. So that's another part of abundance. We think that abundance is money. It's not. Money is just part of one part of abundance. I was lacking so many of those places in my life. And I was okay with the ones that did not fit my personality and my values. And then what I started doing was I started devaluing my own values because those people, I had to fit in with those people. And so that became my pattern, which again, I'm not born to be that way. None of us are born to be that way. And I kept doing that over the years. And I remember 
this was 2020 when the uh, pandemic hit and we all just became what we are. We just were, I was trapped in the house and I'm sure many people were, but I was considered one of the highest risks. And at that point, we just did not know anything about this. And I just thought, okay, well, now what? I don't have the option of ignoring how I feel. So the more time I spent on my own, the more I started to become sad about how I was doing this, how I was going completely against everything that the girl inside of me really wanted to do. And once you open that door, I say this to everybody, once you see it, it's very difficult to unsee it. So it started coming. And I'm going to call it an awakening because I think this is what happens to people is once they open that door, they can't help but step into that world where they start seeing what they haven't been seeing for years. And it's painful. I have to say it's very painful because you realize the time issue is that I lost this many years in being someone I didn't really connect with. Yeah. And it's really saddening because I was 40 when I realized this. But then I decided to look at it the other way and say, okay, well, this is it. At least I am waking up instead of spending my entire life like this. And so I woke up, I went to therapy because I realized I needed help and I did get help and it was painful. Oh, Tatiana, <laughs> it was painful as heck, <laughs> but you go through it. You go through it, but you don't go through it to sit in it. I went through it to actually go through it to the other side, which brought me to coaching. I didn't know what coaching was, but I knew that I wanted to do something that aligned with who I was. And this happened to be something I was really good at with other people. I just didn't put a label or a name to it. And so coaching became something that was my strength. Somehow, because the world just did what, you know, the nine to fives and they just went on with their lives. And I Unfortunately, I tell people this. I felt like at 27, when I was diagnosed, I felt like I was on a standstill. Imagine a road where you have cars going one way and I, my car just stopped in the middle and I couldn't go further anymore. And everyone else was just zooming past me. And that's how it felt for 15 wow. years that I was just at a standstill with my life. And all I had to take care of was this health situation. And it was like a flat tire. And I was fixing my flat for 15 freaking years. And it felt like crap. Because I knew I had more in me. I just didn't know how or what to do. And with coaching, I realized that that those 15 years were not a waste. I actually thought they were, but they weren't. I was in this place of silence where all I was doing is taking care of my health. And I realized that I now can connect to my intuition, which mm -hmm. other people have a difficult time doing because there's so much chaos with, with life and with careers and with everything that comes, you know, with zooming past, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So I realized that I could connect to my intuition and help people immediately and I was able to do that with coaching. So that was my strength with coaching. It wasn't just applying the techniques that I learned. It was also, I came with an intuition that 
many people found fascinating. And I just thought that was normal. Again, what you just said, we think it's normal. Just because it's easy for you doesn't mean it's not amazing or extraordinary. And so much of that really hits me so deeply because, and I think it will for a lot of people, this idea that I wasn't productive for 15 years because I wasn't contributing to the economy. And because so much of our, our value is around our worth as a contributor, what did we create? And to say, you know, I was working on myself. And in your case, it was very much because you were literally just trying to get through the days and manage your health, which is really problematic, right? Like it's just such a a challenge. I haven't experienced something like that. I can only say how strong you are to be here today and the wisdom that you accumulated through your trials and your generosity to share that with other people is also powerful. You know, we'll have people right now who say, I can't get on with my life because I'm stuck here or I depend on those people. I know that they're taking from me. I know it's not a really healthy relationship. I I can't afford therapy. Do you know, like people have all of the different reasons of why they're stuck where they are. What do you have to say to those people? I know that when I was in my darkest hour, I don't know what words would have helped lift me out. So I think I'm speaking to the me because sometimes when I look back, I think I just put one foot in front of the other, but how did I do that? I couldn't even say at what day the change happened. It was so gradual, but do you have words of wisdom to help people through that time? Tatiana, that is one of those. (laughs) It's so funny. I was thinking about this today because I was thinking about what happens when you cannot get therapy or you cannot get out of a situation that you are in that you just said, you know, people are taking from you and they're not the people that are supporting you. But unfortunately, you can't get out of that situation. What happens at that point? And I was thinking about that this morning because I was thinking about our podcast today and I was just so, so hyped to talk to you because I love you. And <laughs> I was also thinking that I, how grateful I am. You know, my gratitude practice in the morning was just how grateful I am to have such beautiful people in my life. And then it got me thinking on, you know, the, the, the other thought came in, which is, well, what about the people that don't have this? What did they do? How did they go one step at a time? And, and you asked me that question today. <laughs> so how wonderful is that? I've been there where I knew that I was going to have to do this alone Mm. because people around me just weren't on that field of energy and that's okay I, I tried I did try this too I tried to change other people and what it brought me was pain so much more pain than I would have experienced if I just let it be as it is but I didn't So what I did at that point, when I was at my darkest hour, just sitting there thinking, you know what, and I did think this way, Tatiana, is that I don't matter whether I'm here or not makes no difference to anybody. I don't contribute anything to anyone's life because I don't have that self-worth or self-value at that point. 
I'm at a at a the, the lowest point in my life where I thought, now what? And what happened is that something inside of me said, so we've come this far to come this far. That's it. Mm. And each and every one of us has that instinct inside of us that is not going to let you give up. And when that voice comes in, don't ignore it. Do not ignore that voice because it will come in. And she very clearly, I'm saying she because it's me, she very clearly said to me, so this is it, huh? This is what we're going to do. We came this far to come this far. And she said it in such a, such a, I'm worth something and you're making me worthless. And that's ridiculous. You know, almost like a, a scolding from oh. myself, <laughs> myself, like, how dare you? How dare you? think that I'm not worth something. Oh, wow. I just like, I was just like, oh, I took this deep breath and then I just held it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. How dare you? I believe in universal intelligence and in the divine. And it sounds like the divine came up, bitch slapped you and said, how dare you? That's how right. dare you take it? It's not the benevolent looking down on you, hoping it's all going to be sunshine and roses. It's like, I gave you a gift. That's right. It wasn't a, oh, my dear, come, I'll give you a hug. (laughs) Oh, no, it was not. We have the same divine spark. That's it. We have the same divine spark. (laughs) Comes in and gives us that bitch slapping girl. And so I love it. Really? This is what I do. Because we can sound soft and gentle and say, you are a miracle. I am a miracle in this entire universe. However, the world came to be, however, we came to be on this planet as we are in this moment, having this conversation, the chances of that are just quadrillions. Like you got to make up new words for the improbability of this moment happening as a planned event. And we take it for granted. We take it for granted because it's what we wake up to every day. But actually, I love that your divine didn't let you take it for granted and said, oh, no. Oh, no, you don't. How dare you? Like, how dare you? Yes. How, that's the, those are the words. I'm telling you word for word what I heard is that she is the superwoman. She is the wonder woman inside of you. There is one in you. I don't care who you are. There is one in you yep. and she will come out and she will, as you had beautifully said, bitch slap you and just listen to her because this is what we do when we don't listen to her is when she starts becoming less and less audible. She's been talking to me my, my whole life, by the way. Let me just tell you that as well. But I didn't hear her because I had too much chatter going on in my own head about how I wasn't producing enough. I wasn't creating enough. I wasn't this. I wasn't that. Blah, blah, blah. And blaming myself for everything instead of, okay, now what? And so that girl's been talking to me. I just haven't been hearing her. But when you get to that dark, very dark point in your life, when you're just like down on your knees, that's when she will speak up and it will be loud. It will be loud because she's not going to let you. This is just a human instinct. You watch these movies of these people doing extraordinary things in these moments of despair and moments of of absolute horror. How did that happen? It's going to happen for all of us. 
it happens for every single one of us. That's why we are humans. We have that intelligence, as you had said, that power that comes in and says it's beyond our body. That's why it comes in and says, how dare you? You're judging yourself by the vessel that you are in. I'm not a freaking vessel. I am beyond this vessel of yours. So how dare you treat me this way? And then you turn around and say, holy crap, this is me. How dare I treat myself this way? And I call her the Empress. I love that. She is the Empress. You talked about limiting beliefs. We call them gremlins as well. The gremlins are the, I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. Can I really do this? Who the hell do you think you are doing that? Like you can run a business or you can make money or whatever it is. Those those kinds of you know feelings. They're gremlins that pop up and they stand in front of you. And they say, well, what are you going to do now? And my empress looks them straight in the eye and said, how dare you speak to me this way? You have no business speaking to me this way. And that's how I manage my gremlins. Not that they don't come anymore. They do come back from time to time. But I have learned techniques to manage them because I, I did get help. I did get a coach. I did get a therapist. I did surround myself with people like you who, if I ever came to you and said, Tatiana, you know, I'm not sure if I can do this one. You'd be like, really, Nivi? After everything that you've done, that's how you feel? And so, again, you know, I don't need that empress anymore. I've got another empress in front of me. So surround yourself with people who give a shit, sorry to say that, but about you. Not about yeah. what you can give them or what you can do for them, but about the soul that you are. Oh, I everything, everything. When I was young, we moved a lot. And so it was really hard for me to make friends. And then when I started to develop friendships, I, I didn't want to let them go. Like, I don't like to let people leave. And I'm incredibly loyal and I care deeply about all of them. And when I was at my worst, there weren't a lot of people that were there for me and no, no judgment or anything for anybody, because it's not the relationship that we had set up either for whatever reason, with no blame. But when I spent my time filling my life, doing the same as what you were doing, you know, getting validation from external and having my life full of people that weren't feeding back in then I I didn't actually have space in my life for people like you to come in because my life was full of trying to maintain things that had had their time and passed. And I'm going to adopt the Empress. I love that because I have come to grips with my limiting beliefs. And when I hear the voice, I give my limiting beliefs voice a name. So she, and it's a she, I know some women who say that their limiting beliefs voice is not a female uh, that says, who are you? How dare you think of this? Some of them, you know, whether it's drawn from the patriarchy and so it's an old white man, but, (laughs) you know, but for me, it's a female voice that says, how dare you think that way? Or there's not enough, or if you don't maintain this, then who will? And all of those sorts of things. But I love the idea of actually giving a name to the part of me that says, there is enough. You can let go. Everything has a season. And that's why I can truly say that there are people that I still care about that I 
don't talk to as often, who probably aren't in my inner circle, but that's because that's where we are in our lives now. And that's okay. I feel like I've gotten a little off topic, but just your whole no, idea of- No, I love what you're sharing. Tatiana, I think we're, I don't know how, but we're kind of soul twins or something, <laughs> because every time you speak about how you have felt about certain topics, I feel it resonates with me on a very deep level, on a level where I feel that giver inside of me has been so prominent in my life that it has been, as, as you were just talking about it, that giver inside of me was getting, waking up and saying, yep, 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 because it's that side of you that seeks love in a way that if you held on to that validation from the outside, you wouldn't have to create an inside of you because that's yep. scary. So let's hold on to the one that I'm receiving. But you're yeah. not actually receiving it. No. It's breadcrumbed to you. So yeah. it's not even a loaf of bread that you're receiving. You're receiving crumbs. Yeah. But because you're just like, but what happens if this one goes? I have to make a new one? No. We have to create one inside of us. Oh, that's painful. No, 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 no. We're not going to do that. Let's Let's just... You know, so that's, I, I see it. I've done it. I have done it. And I appreciate so much that it resonates so deeply with you. I think the thing is that we speak it out loud because I don't believe that we are unique. I believe that we are unique in that we are all worthy and special miracles on this planet. But I think that we are not unique in our experience of these feelings and of being predominantly in a space of scarcity where we worry that if we lose something, we can never get it back. If I let go of this, it will never return to me. And it might not. And it can be okay because what comes in to fill the space is going to be a better match. But that's only because we are constantly doing our work but there are so many that I know if you talk to me three, four, five years ago, I would be like, you crazy talk. Like this yeah. is crazy talk. You would, and, you would call it woo-woo, wouldn't you? <laughs> I do still call it woo-woo. And I, okay, I'm just going to call it woo-woo, but in the most loving of ways. Yeah. It's, I, bless, you. bless your heart, right? <laughs> I still want a little science. Like I'm all about how the reticular activation system actually sets how you see things, but you know, <laughs> I think but, it's a mix of both again, you know, but what you're, what you're saying is so important, by the way, you think, thank you for saying we are, you know, special and we are unique, uh, but not in a sense of we're not alone in this, but yeah. because I would have then obviously said, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, Tatiana, it comes down to our patterns that we learned from childhood. This, Unfortunately, it does all go back to childhood where you weren't given the love that you were seeking. And so that security comes from the outside world after that, outside of your you know, immediate family. But so this is when instead of developing that love inside of us, which is what should have been happening at childhood. Your parents are not meant to give you that love with just like, okay, so depend on us for this love. No, 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 no. Your parents are meant to love you until the time that you're able to love yourself. And 
in the meantime, they're meant to give you that you are valid. You are valuable. You have everything inside of you. I'm here, but you have it all inside of you. And I love you as you are. So that they know that there's someone to love me no matter what, especially on those down days. But really, that person should also walk away from you know their childhood knowing that I am valuable, which is what gives you strength to walk away from everything else that is against your values or going against your mentality or your beliefs or your because we all have different values and beliefs and they don't match. And that's fine. It's absolutely fine. We're individuals that are brought up in different conditions. So we develop these values for ourselves because of those conditions. And that's absolutely okay. What happens is when we walk away from people, this happens with me and I and I could relate to you, is when I walk away from somebody, I feel worse than they might, you know, because the guilt and the shame comes in. And that person may not have valued me enough to even care that I walked away. Yeah. So it's more of a loss for me, even when I walk away. It's a <laughs> loss for me, you know, when I feel this, this girl who's so it sort of, I hate the word desperate, but that's the only word that comes to mind is that desperation to, to seek that. But when you are standing in your empress, the empress rules on her own if she has to, because she knows she came into the world alone. Nobody mm -hmm. came with her. So she has a support system around her. Absolutely. And create that. Please create a support system that is strong and beautiful and insightful and uplifting. Absolutely. Because that's what you're going to be for them as well. It's a symbiotic relationship. But the Empress knows that she stands alone. Her soul stands alone because that's how she came in. Mm -hmm. and. That's what I believe that my soul came to this earth to discover is that I am a light on my own. I'm made in the yeah. likeness of God. God doesn't have, I mean, source or God or whatever you want to call it. The light is one. I mean, in Hinduism, we have many, but mm. <laughs> that's besides the point. Those are demigods and, and those are created for a purpose. But really, source is just one. And so am I. So I have it all inside of me. And so me walking away, sometimes it gets arrogant. I'm just like, you lost out, man. <laughs> because me walking away from you, I'm sorry, but you just lost a loyal, kind, the type of friend that would have supported you no matter what. You lost out, man. Mm -hmm. But for me to get to that point took a lot of hard work and to find the joy and love inside of me took a lot of hard work. So the Empress took a while and is still, by the way, I'm still developing her. God knows what else she's going to be up to. <laughs> so <laughs> keep an eye out for that. Honestly, that just makes so much sense to me. And I know that everybody comes with their own DNA, their own fingerprint, their own soul. And if we grow up in a family and maybe your sibling says, well, I didn't have that experience or I don't feel that way, then that is okay because they're just like their fingerprint is different from yours. They have their own needs and preferences and way of being. And so the parents may have filled the cup of one just because it was maybe a match. And then for another, 
even though they express the same love, the same support, the same generosity, it sits differently because we're all unique. For me, one of the big things was the releasing without shame, because it's not my fault that my needs weren't met. I wasn't too much. I wasn't asking too much. Any child or any individual that is asking to be loved is never too much. It's our birthright. And we can't go back in time. And if our needs weren't met in our family of origin, we can meet them in a different way. And it just means that we have a different path to our self-love journey. And the child that at one point in their life may have felt very settled and secure may go through a period where they don't. And then they reflect back because there was something else. So this is why I don't believe there's any one absolutely correct way to parent. There's not one way that you can raise a whole child that's not going to need therapy. We all need therapy. I feel like Brene Brown going out there and talking about the fact that she still goes to therapy and she goes to regular therapy and the things that she talks about with her therapist. I love that these individuals who are intelligent, articulate, brilliant minds who share so much with the world are being open about the fact that some of their needs weren't met. And these are things that they work through. And I feel like we're getting to a place where we normalize that we all have limiting beliefs that are rooted in something and that nobody is to blame and that we all are this divine presence in a carbon form on this beautiful blue planet. And it's worth it. And when you talk about the pain of doing the work, people say, why would I want to go through that pain? And it's because when we stay where we are in our pain of limiting beliefs and not believing in ourselves, there's one person who's with you 24 seven, and they should have your back. If you talk to your friends and support your friends, but you don't do that for yourself, what? We are worth this time and energy. We are worth the love. The work that you are doing is amazing. And I'm so glad that you are launching an Empress program. I feel like with a name, she can be empowered and she can have more of a presence and identity. Right. It's called the Empress Empowerment Program. I love it. There it is. I agree with you, Tatiana. There is no blame. We cannot blame our past. We learn from our past. And we go back and do the work because when we get to the root of it, we can then try to heal it and move on from it instead of it coming back for us while we're doing really well on our journey. It keeps coming back in in the form of triggers because we're going to meet more people that show up as that parental figure did, you know, just as the voice in our head, as I told you, my dad doesn't live with me anymore. But that voice is still in my head. It's not my dad. It's that negative voice that you were talking about. But it's there. When you heal that root, when that voice comes in, in any other form, in any other way, as a trigger, you have healed that root. So then you have an answer. The empress has an answer to give. Yeah, I mean, she she will say, how dare you? But more than that, because our mind works also in logic. And so if I have an answer for a question, then my mind is satisfied and says, okay, cool, we've got an answer. But to get the answer, you got to go into your past and heal it. 
and yeah. find the root, of course, cause and heal it. And we forgive everybody else that's been part of that painful journey as well is because they've got their own journey going on. They've got their own pain. They've got their own limiting beliefs and past and their own parents. And this is generational. So are we going to yeah. go back to Adam and Eve? Of course not. This it is what it is. But if you are not going to heal that in, in you, you're going to pass it on. So you are the yeah. generational curse breaker. Can I ask you something? Because this was one of the hardest things. I think I spent the first year of therapy crying and went through all of the Kleenex. I couldn't move out of the trauma and I would go there and I would go into the trauma and I would sit there. And I mean, I'm talking about a year of me sitting there in the trauma and sitting in the trauma is not the same as healing the trauma because your body doesn't understand time. So when I go back and relive the trauma, whether it was a month ago or a year ago or 10 years ago, when I bring it all up again and live through it, my body starts to release all of the different hormones and the stress stuff and the this and the that. And it believes that we are going through it again. And I re-traumatize myself. And that was the hardest part because I just kept saying to myself, well, everybody says it's going to be hard to work through the work. But I realized I wasn't actually working through the work. I was actually just kind of sitting in mud, sitting there, and it wasn't progressing. And I don't think that's uncommon. I think a lot of people, when they, they end up reliving the trauma, freaks them out, body starts responding, and then it's like, get me the hell out of here now, right? Yes, so I hear you. What is something that when you have a client sitting there in this space of trauma, how do you guide them? Well, what exercises you do? Like what, how do you help someone through that? So see, it's the will. It comes down to the will. And sometimes, as you said, you just cannot get yourself past the trauma to get to the will to take the step forward, which is what coaching would be, is to move you forward from the trauma. Mm -hmm. And so what can we do? The doing part. Yeah. Unfortunately, if someone decides, and everything is a decision, just so everybody is clear on that, everything is a decision, even if you didn't actually consciously decide it, you subconsciously decided it, yeah. but you did. When someone is not ready to move past that trauma and that pain and relives it over and over again, we do refer to therapy because in therapy, you can sit in it for years. And that's okay. But what happens with coaching is that we acknowledge and we validate the trauma and the pain. But if you have the will to move forward from that and actually work, what I would do as your coach would be take it the minutest, microest steps that I can think of. Because I don't think it's fair for anyone to dump a bunch of steps on people and say, let's start moving fast. People have, I have gone through this, so I know the pain of how hard it can be to even move forward, even mm -hmm. a tiny bit at a time. So I would start 
tiny, tiny steps. And what I start with is usually me. I always turn the, the, the basically the, the focus back on myself, which is how can I heal me as the soul that I am? So let's begin with acknowledging who I am. And so I start to get to know me, first of all. And the things that come out of me, the things that I've never voiced in my, in my life before to myself, to anyone else, those are the things that we work on. For mm. example, I told you the shorts thing. Yeah. I wanted to wear shorts. I wanted to dress in a sexy way. I wanted that empress is sexy. She's classy and she's sexy and she's amazing. She wanted to come out and flaunt her own flair, but she couldn't because she couldn't even voice it because that would make her a bad girl. So those are the things that come out. And this is a very small example. Traumas could be deeper than that. But again, what do I want? What does my inner self desire? And those desires are the ones that we go back to and realize, wait, you were traumatized. That's why you don't desire what you actually desire. You mm -hmm. desire the opposite because you are traumatized. And so you don't even know who you are. So I would get to know me first. And in the process of getting to know me, I will fall in love with me. And then I will have that journey of forgiveness will be a lot more compassionate for me yeah. rather than bitter, you know, because that bitterness, I mean, I felt it, you felt it. It's not, you know, it's an emotion. Let's feel it. It's okay to feel jealous and bitter and that something was unfair. It, it may have been. So that's okay. We feel it, but I don't want to feel it. It's not an empowering thought. So I want to change that. How do I do that? So that's what I would help them with is that it's okay. We're going to feel it. And then we're going to not feel it anymore because we don't want to. Yeah. To get from a disempowering thought to an empowering thought, the only way is you. No one else. And again, you know, that question you asked me earlier is how do we get out of a place that everybody else is still the same and we're stuck? You start with you. And Tatiana, this is a fact of my life. When I started changing, I swear to God, people around me who were so rigid, including my parents, by the way, so rigid, years and years of conditioning started to change. And I didn't do anything. I didn't say anything. I didn't force anything. I started to change. And so they started to change. It was the weirdest, most magical thing that I've ever experienced in my life that I didn't do anything outwardly to them. We've just done a 360 because at the beginning you were saying how you would try to change and they wouldn't change because we can't change other people. We can't. So if you conscientiously tried to make your parents change the way that they have, they couldn't. Like you could not do that. We can only do it through being ourselves. Oh gosh. We go through the process of getting to know ourselves truly without judgment. I have flaws. Oh my God, more than I could even name, but they're part of who I am and being okay with who I am and the work that I need to do. Some people will leave. Some people will leave because they are not interested in being on that journey. And that's okay. 
because they are on their own journey. And it doesn't mean that your two journeys aren't going to cross paths again in the future, right? The people who are truly meant to be with us as we change, they will come along for the ride of the change, right? Some people are going to be there for, for a season and some will be there for all seasons. And one is not better than the other. They just are. Yeah. Those are the pawns that you formed and came in with. So those are the contracts that we form with these people. You know, there are two types of people, right? There are those who will look at you shining like a beacon of this journey. My parents are proud of me today. And I don't compete with my brothers today. I am me and they are proud of me. Then there are people who will look at you and your beautiful journey and say, oh, she thinks she's all that, you know, she's preaching or blah, blah, blah. Well, guess what? My parents decided that they wanted to be on my journey and support me. And the people that are not supporting me decided to do that. They are both allowed to do what they like, just like I'm allowed to do what I like. Concentric circles. So mm -hmm. the closest circle, the first circle is me. Only me. There's nobody in okay. that circle with me. I used to think that your partner would be in that circle. Nope. Or your children. Nope. Sorry. It's only me. Yeah. And the next circle is usually your partner, your children, the people that are very, very close to you. Next circle is your very close friends, your family, your parents, and then the next circle and the next and the next. So if you decided to step away from the close concentric circle to the farther one, or if you decided you didn't want to support me anymore, I'm going to move you to another concentric circle. Mm -hmm. No hate, no negativity. You just don't belong in that circle. And that's yeah. my choice. Not in a bad way, but I don't think that we align anymore, you know, even on your side. So maybe I'm not in your concentric close circle and that's fine. These concentric circles are very important. And sometimes, Tatiana, unfortunately, we have to move the close ones to the farther ones. And that's painful. It's not easy. We're not sitting here and saying, oh, my God, those that, you know, I move to the farther circle. It's fine. I just go on with my life. No, we don't. We have emotions. We feel them. It's painful to lose people that we thought that were close to us. But we don't sit there. Yeah. We don't sit there. No. Because if we sat there, then that would become an attachment. And we don't want to attach. The only person I'm going to attach myself to is me. I can visualize the concentric circles. You know, it's not static. Everything is a flow. And sometimes people have different things happening. Um, go back and forth. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. As you said, somebody may not speak to you right now. And then 10 years later, you may connect and they may be on a different frequency. And so it matches. That I've happens. had that happen. Yeah, I've had happens. that happen. It happens. So you decide what your concentric circles are in the present moment. Mm -hmm. And then you move on. But to be sitting in those despairs, again, how is this serving me? That's the only question I usually ask. How is this serving me? Because guess who's in the first concentric circle? Me. Yeah. And that's so important. And it's not selfish. No. Misha, I have absolutely loved having you on the podcast. I'm so excited about your new program that is launching and I will definitely make sure to put some information in the show notes as well as a discount code for followers. It has been such an honor to have you here. What is the best way for people to find you if they want to connect? 
So Tatiana, the honor is mine. It's mm -hmm. absolute. The honor and the pleasure is mine because you are a bright light and I am oh. lucky to be in your circle. <laughs> I am. And I'm grateful for this opportunity, but I'm most grateful for what you do because you are spreading this into the world. There are people out there, as you said, who don't have a means to get help. And this is what you're giving to the world. You're giving them help through these podcasts. So thank you for being you and Aww. for being the empress that <laughs> you are. I'm so grateful. And I count myself in the lucky ones to be surrounded by people like you in my life. I would so love if there's anyone out there who even wants to have a conversation. Usually Instagram is the best way to contact me. So at Rise Resilient would be the best way. I still haven't completed my website. I'm still creating in the creation mode. And also with regards to the program, I would love to give this and more in the program for anyone that is willing to take that step into investing in themselves, into saying, I'm in the first concentric circle, and this is not selfish. So I would be honored to have that opportunity. So thank you. Oh, thank you. And I will make sure to put your Instagram handle into the show notes as well. Thank you so much. Thank you. And a few takeaways from today's episode. Many of your beliefs formed during your childhood years, and these beliefs can limit your growth. Abundance is so much more than money. It is career. It is health. It is self-care. The people you surround yourself with. And when you surround yourself with things and people that are not aligned with your values, you are devaluing yourself. This is the opposite of self-love. Remember, you cannot change others. The only one you can change is you. Also, once you're in touch with the Empress inside you, you will recognize those who are meant to be around you. You will inevitably surround yourself with more Empresses. You will recognize them. They will reflect back your worth in positive ways and support you. If you think of relationships as concentric circles, you are at the center of the circle. Family and friends can be closer to the center or further away. No hate, no judgment, just the way it is. That's not to say that it won't be hard sometimes if somebody's in that inner circle and they start to move away. It can be painful, but we have to remember those inner circles, they're small. And when somebody moves out of that space, that makes space for someone else who's supposed to be there because the inner circle is for mutually nourishing relationships. And that doesn't mean that someone on the outer circle won't end up coming back closer in. And one final thing I want to say, if you feel you're at rock bottom, seek help. I don't want this podcast to be a substitute for medical support. Mental health is real. Depression is real. Reach out to someone you trust. Reach out to your doctor. If you feel that you have no one, reach out to me and I will try to connect you to some resources. Thank you so much for staying till the very end of this episode. I love having you along on this ride. And it would mean so much to me if you would share this podcast with three of your friends that you think would also enjoy hearing about self-love, listening to your intuition, growing and listening to your inner empress. Until then, I will see you next week.